0: Yes, it's true. Hi, it's Derek G. It's the podcast, video podcast. Do people call a vodcast called Derek Speaks Volumes? And you've joined me for another episode. And this one's exciting. This could be long. I'm kind of nervous about my camera battery. I'm kind of nervous about my camera memory card. But buckle up <laughs> because we're this might be a long one. And I want to make sure I do it justice. I hope you're well. My name is Derek G. If you don't know me, I talk about music because, well, I love music. Of all types, genres, without any uh, pretenses or ego, I like to explore and understand. And that's why I am speaking about K-pop today. And it's exciting. And I think it's important to tell you about my backstory behind it. Here's how it's going to run down, right? my backstory behind it, why you should care about it. A bit of a background for anyone new to learning about it. If you already know about it, then you can skip past to where I talk about the artists that I like. I'll talk about speaking to K-pop acts and what that experience has been like and working with K-pop companies. I'll also speak about what I like and don't like about the industry as a whole and I think there's going to be many caveats throughout this whole thing. I think that the K-pop industry is like any other industry. There are good sides and bad sides. There's um, really incredible, inspiring uh, work. There's also some pretty, pretty dark sides of it. I also need to acknowledge that I am by no means the expert in it. I think one of my strengths is having like a good knowledge of a lot of different genres out there. And so, This is another one of them, but there's people that have been in K-pop for a long, long time that would know a lot more than me. And you know, this podcast, all of this is, I I like to do this in one take. I like to do this unedited. The only times I edit it, if I need to like attend to an emergency or something like that. But so not everything's like a Wikipedia page. I don't have uh, reams of research, I've got a whole lot of notes, a whole lot of things to run through, but I, I think that's important to acknowledge as we jump on into this because my relationship or my understanding of K-pop has only been in the last four, three, four years. But as someone that has come from many worlds of radio, of, of taste making and things like that, I have a particular angle to it, which um, I think benefits giving me, you know, a broad view of the genre itself. So how do I know about it is an important thing to discuss. So back in 2019, I was living in New York and I was working for a company and I was working in conjunction with a XM radio station called Idiot Rising Radio, Adia Rising being an uh, Asian-led record label. And as part of that, that they you know, needed a radio expert to help them to bring them up to speed. And I was helping them out. And one element, because if they're celebrating Asian artists was obviously the glaring, you can't, you can't omit K-pop from that landscape. And I remember the time the managing director was like, do you know what about K-pop? I'm like, not at all. And then he said, Well, you better you better figure it out. And so very quickly I had to, you know, watch as much stuff as I can, read all the Wikipedia articles, listen to as much music as I could. In saying that, very, very difficult to the only I think the only way you can truly and fully understand K pop is to live through two years, two cycles and observe it and understand it because all these words that I didn't understand uh, were presented to me. And it, it just doesn't make any sense in any context when you just launch into things. You don't know who's been around. Like, you know, there's all these groups, and you don't know who's who's new, who's old, who's established, who's cool, who's lame, and everything in between. It's quite overwhelming. So I had to I had to learn that. And it took me a few years to really wrap my head around it. And it went from complete overwhelm to you know indifference to you know picking and choosing groups that i thought had better sounds than others to really seeing the full cycle and being like okay these people are the cool ones these are the bad ones these are the ones that are exciting these are the companies that are you know more shady than others so that whole thing has led me to this point where a few weeks ago i interviewed uh, a, the biggest new act called new Jeans. I've, I've spoken to a bunch of artists recently and i can do that with a a bit of confidence, which is cool. And, um, so next up, I want to tell you about, I, th- I think before I tell you about the, you know, the world of it, for those who don't know about it, I need to tell you about the, the thesis of it's time to get into K-pop. And, and I think the reason is because if you look, I'm not trying to be that guy that's like, Oh, You know, I also I I like ARCA, but I also like K-pop. Aren't I quirky? Aren't I cool? Aren't I different? It was a circumstantial thing for me that I had to learn about it. But now having learnt about it, it is something where it is undeniable. And I think it is even more and more prevalent in the global music scene. And as much I think you should be into the Latin music scene. And I'm still learning about You should have an understanding. If you're a music fan, if you're interested in the development of music as a um, living and breathing organism that has many complications and and the history changes over time, I recommend getting into it because it's super interesting. And I think there's a lot of great stuff there. Um, I also think that it's important to, to, I guess, not be blind to it because it's. I think a lot of people can be like, Oh, well, it's not my thing. So, But I think there's a lot of great things there that to explore and unpack and learn about and listen to, too. And should it be a large percentage of what you listen to? No, but as a person who enjoys every type of genre out there, uh, this one I enjoy as well. So I think that it's, it's worth your time. So let's go over a few basics right so k-pop and i'm going to do a very speed run edition of this you know before world war ii you know and after korean music was mostly ballads a lot of music in asia is ballads a lot of music in asia comes from tv shows a lot of music in asia comes from a um, religious background and then there was a commercialization that happened of music where they started to bring in Western sounds and especially in TV shows. So everything, pretty much everything, If just like how India, most of its music industry runs off Bollywood and films, that most of the music industry runs off TV shows. Just imagine pop stars, <laughs> um, that's an old reference, pop stars or American Idol or whatever, any of the idols. They are, groups are formed just like One Direction in many ways, by a television show. The hip-hop industry revolves around one TV show called Show Me The Money. So if you want to be a successful rapper in career, you go on that show rather than you know doing ciphers on the street or whatever. <laughs> and that is sort of how things are structured and how not only TV shows, though, but there are companies. Rather than called record labels, they're called companies and they're founded... By individuals that used to be in the pop scene, usually, or their songwriters or things like that. And they've built these companies that, ho- that, that have these TV shows, or behind the scenes, they have audition processes that open up calling, calling, uh, casting call to people around the world you can audition you can sign up you can go and you can perform dancing singing rapping anything like that and then you go through this process where you become a trainee at this company they train you they assess you and then as i have sounds outside i hope you don't hear of the garbage truck which is funny this is live one take um besides that so you've got you are you become a trainee in the company and then they train they you know they obviously start to whittle it down either on a tv show or not uh, and part of the tv show does help for marketing and you you begin to form attachments around these individuals and then they start to develop the concept of what the group is about so there's companies like jyp entertainment smyg hybe which used to be which is big hits parent company big hit being the label behind company behind BTS, Starship, Stone. There's so many, but there's like three or four big players. And those are the ones that have Blackpink and Stray Kids and stuff like that. So they workshop the name, the concept, and then they, what they call debut. Debut, you know, debutant ball almost. It's like they are presented to the public with a new song, concept, Concept is really important as a K-pop group. What do you stand for? What do you represent? I'm going to talk about them later, but new genes are a fairly new one. They debuted, their name is genes, is in like denim jeans new genes, and the concept is a new generation. So play on word with genes as in um, genome or DNA, right? So new genes, new gen. And um they they are young, they're like, you know, 15 to 18 or something like that. And the aesthetic of what they're doing is different. The sound, the, the the music videos are very different from what's happening right now. So concept is very important. So you, de- so you debut, and then you typically have a girl group or a boy group, very rarely do you have a mixed group. And then really, they start building out their universe. So they have a variety of different things they have a group color they have a fandom name that either gets decided by the fans or they might give them a give you a list and and then people vote and then that becomes the fandom name so for 17 they're called carrots as in diamond carrots not as in uh, the vegetable and and people identify that and so usually they release either a B single, then an A single, or they release just an A single and an EP. They call these usually mini albums. Rarely do they release album albums and they usually come, so they usually release twice a year, three times at the maximum. And these releases are called comebacks. So they do bang one song and this is their big song. And then this song is considered their showpiece that they go out to all of the performance shows and they perform they go on stage and you're competing against other K-pop groups and you're performing your song on stage intricate dance piece obviously if you've seen choreography song you know energy and then you win each group a group wins um that week and if you win usually it helps with charting sales and and a whole lot of other popularity. If you win multiple times, then it's really a really good thing. So that's when they happen when they release a song and then they go away. They do their whole touring. They might go to America, be interviewed. They might do all their kind of rounds. They release all these videos. The Korean K-pop scene is very good at marketing the content around that one song. So they'll do like dance practice videos. They'll do like silly versions of their dances where they're wearing costumes everything you can imagine, they can think of and and recycle um, this one dance and song. These songs are really, really, really great. And then often, and then they go away and they go dark. And the fandom, you know, I think a lot of behind K-pop is the fandom and developing a strong allegiance with their fans. And the fans are what drive K-pop forward. And they're able to mobilize, commercialize that in many ways. And these people will go to war for them. That's what, you know, in in many respects, BTS, you know, it's an army of love, but they call themselves army. And it is very much this tribe that will go after good when they want to do some good things. And they have affected certain parts of the election in terms of like attendance at certain events and things. They can also be harmful if, if um, someone might say the wrong thing and then they attack that person and be very hurtful. Um, but yeah, that they're able to mobilize these fans really well, and then there's comebacks. So then when then you come back, right? So you go away, you go dark, and then you have a comeback. So if ITZY has a comeback, you know these are the, these are the terminologies that I was like, there's so much to learn about. So you you know they have ITZY has their comeback, and it's like comeback is on this date, and people know what that means. They're coming with a song, they're coming with a new dance, and. It's um, a whole new showing, whole new look, whole new aesthetic, whole new era for these groups. And I think, generally speaking, you know, twice a year is enough because you, if you're reinventing your look and sound, and it's it's good to do it twice. In saying that, I feel like it's only going to speed up with certain acts as well. So I think I've covered most of the like basics of it, and really. I think the best way to get into K-pop is to find groups that debut and follow them because that's how I kind of started to understand it because it's like BTS, I was late for, so I wasn't into, Um, you know, any already existing group. I was like, I don't know. I don't understand who are they, what's this, what's this story? Whereas if someone debuts, they're like literally introducing themselves to you next month. And then you can go, oh, this is so-, and so Like they're all new to everyone. Oh, this is their story. This is their message. This is their sound. This is what they're going for. Let's see how they go. You don't have to be a fan of them. And then you just kind of step through the process of singles and singles and development and learning about the people, stuff like that. Now, why I think it's super interesting as a genre is because these – it really calls on the best of the best of the best in the music industry. Full stop. And I liken it to being a combination of Eastern and Western sensibilities. Western in terms of in terms of the you know, extreme commercialization of it. You know, everything's a product, everything can be sold. You know, you can do like one-on-one calls with these people, you have like playing cards almost photo cards is what they're called, and you can collect them all basically, and they, and they can go for hundreds if not thousands of dollars. You can, you know, there's apps that you can interact with, there's obviously merch, there's a whole lot going on that that is makes these companies billion dollar companies. You know, HYBE, parent company of BTS's big hit, is a billion dollar entity that used to be a small company. So, it's money-making. But from an Eastern point of view, it's a very collectivist mindset. And I know I'm generalizing into a bucket of almost communism. Um, but I do think that there is a mindset of like, um, it's about the group, not about the individual. And whilst one term I missed was idols, these, these individuals are called idols, the individual members of the group if you're an individual k-pop star you're an idol these are idols just like american idol these are idols um and whilst you do have them and people still idolize them it's about how you create this like collective of people that can can push forward towards greatness so the company the heads of the company form the strategy there's board there's a board of directors there's a whole thousands of people underneath them form the strategy the insights what they want to debut next what the trends are analyze that they'll come up with what they want to debut next boy group girl group and then they will obviously you have their tv shows and and all that sort of stuff but then let's say they debut they pull in the best graphic designers from around the world for branding for logos for to create their design identity with typefaces you look at some of the cover art some of the posters they are beautiful and that's because they pay good money for good stuff it's not some ropey you know intern that doesn't know anything that's doing it as a favor these people are paid i don't know about well i wouldn't go as far to say that but the people want to be associated with that because it's great for the portfolio whether they pay them well or not great designers incredible, incredible photography, best in the game. Incredible choreography. I really would like to speak to K-pop choreographers one day because that is more than half, I would say, of, of K-pop is the dancing. And the choreography, depending on what sort of group you are, is insane. And, you, and the people that have to dance in this, in this genre is you have to be an athlete. You have to be so talented. And that requires an army to do the styling the makeup best in the biz everyone has a different look style it's all luxurious well not luxurious to the point where you're dressed head to toe over time. but it's like you look nice it's expensive stuff the styling wherever they go whatever they do is is perfect when i interviewed itzy and they were in the SiriusXM office they turned up looking absolutely perfect to a radio interview i know that happens not to the levels of this. Lastly, and this is not the only one, but lastly, for, for me, for this point, is that they also bring in the best producers from, from around the world. The most expensive producers from around the world, the most talented producers, the most skillful pop producers, and they will AR and pick these people up in order to write the best possible song. So you're really creating and combining the best people from all over the world to combine into what this entity is known as K-pop. And so it is a a real machine and I know that uh, in the west machines obviously exist too. J-Lo did not exist without her choreography, without her styling, without her uh, backing vocals and, and people that were singing songs with our, and or for her. But I think it's it's taken to another extreme. One last example. One last example would be when I interviewed New Jeans, it just dawned on me that if you look at that video, they're in the HYBE studios and that's it's a three, because I was recording from home. They were recording from their studios. They had hair and makeup and styling, done, everyone looking great. They had a three camera set up, for, shot in 4K, streaming to me on Zoom. They had earpieces in, they had a translator, uh, obviously they had com- camera operators, producers, minders, all for a radio interview that they are doing for free. It's a lot of money. And I think that where K-pop is able to harness the energy so well is that they recognize that content is everything and that pro- providing high quality, well-presented material only helps you. So they're not, I, it has changed before in the past, you know, Blackpink was on a Zoom call with, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and it looked like they were on a Zoom call. It's evolved now. So like everyone looking absolutely perfect and, and it just building this stardom even more. And I think it shows how quickly and rapidly K-pop is evolving, which I also think is quite interesting. How quickly it's changing and evolving, but yeah. So, so that is like the how this is such a huge exercise to undertake. Let me talk to you to you about some groups that I like that I think that you should check out. Uh, there, my my favorite of the artists is one called Twice I think that from a music point of view I enjoy their music the most it's like poppy but there's a dance element to it it's very sunny it's um, fast paced but it's not like it doesn't move around all the time a lot of K-pop that people don't like uh, is really jarring because it changes genre so much it'll go from trip hop to EDM to ballad and I think that I'm not a huge fan of that sort of K-pop, to be honest. Twice is a lot more like sickly sweet almost, but it's like I go running to my Twice K-pop, Twice playlist sometimes because it's just got energy. Hard to compare it to anything else. It is K-pop. It's just, it's got like that kind of sweet, I don't want want to say J-pop because it's a bit generalizing, but like a very sweet element to it that I think a lot of people enjoy. I know a lot of people enjoy. There's a new group called New Jeans that de- debuted last year, which is like, like I said, young group. But I think what's exciting and interesting about them is that they're. I think with every generation, because there are generations of K-pop. Um, the third generation is BTS and and Twice and things like that, and fourth generation, I guess New Jeans is part of. Which, um, when Blackpink came around, I think they're. Their whole message was like being sexier and and have more attitude because the generation that came before them was more innocent, sweet, kind of almost scarily Stepford Wife kind of like feeling to them. Uh, so New Jeans is kind of doing changing that again, where it's more about youth positivity. It's more about like creativity, and so their music videos are like films. There aren't like chopping and changing genres all the time. They're just doing like classic pop songs. There's like a, there's an innocence and a uh, positivity to their, to their brand. And I think that their song, ditto, hype boy, attention, really, really great pop songs. Uh, Le Seraphim I spoke to, I think Le seraphim's cool. There's a song called Anti-Fragile. I just think that they're great performers and that song Anti-Fragile is really good. I like Esper, they debuted maybe 18 months or two years ago now. Uh, they their, their concept is around like AI and virtual reality. And uh, they landed in the middle of the liquid metal trend and so they're very much, you know, that kind of like metal t-shirt, black and chrome type look. It's kind of gotten old now, so I, I wonder what they're gonna come back with to like freshen that up. But they had like a very, Vince Staples, Sophie sound to them, which I thought was really fun. There's a group called Dreamcatcher, another girl group, which I don't particularly love the sound of, but I like the concept, which is like each member represents a different nightmare or something like that, or different fear, like say agoraphobia or agoraphobia. And, you know, arachnophobia, like they all represent different things. Maybe not arachnophobia, but they're about... I think catching, you know, there's a dream catcher is a thing, right? And I like, it's a creative concept and it's they, I think they mix like heavy rock or metal with pop doesn't always work, but I think it's cool. I think that it's funny that I'm drawn towards girl groups. I think that generally speaking, the girl groups, I like the music better because the boy groups are generally quite aggressive. You know, very much ja yeah, ja yeah, oh, with their, all with all their song types, and I don't think that that is necessarily that enjoyable. But I think it also says that the machine is working. That I'm, I find the girl groups more appealing because I, you know, I'll be honest. There's there's a huge, and I'll talk about this later. You know, sexuality and sexualization to K-pop as well. So, you know enjoying the music is one thing and then the performances is another and how good they look is another thing so I am for, very much fallen or falling into the trap of the trappings where the boy groups are less interesting to me <laughs> right I like there's a, there's a group called NCT which is like Neoculture Technology it stands for and they have like different units like uh, NCTU like University of Development there's 127 there's Dream there's like It's quite complicated, but some of their music is really cool. There's one song called 90s Love that's really cool. There's an old group called Big Bang, which I didn't grow up through, but I like some of their music. The Big Acts, let Let's Take Two, BTS and Blackpink. BTS, definitely too deep of a catalogue for me to be into, considering that I have only been aware of them, you know, since Boy With Love or Fake Love. So... I can't say that I have a relationship with their music. I, and, and it's quite complex too, because it's like someone's really heavy rap and dance focus. Some is really ballady. So it doesn't really appeal to me as much. So I, there's a song called Filter by Jimin that I like, but I don't really have a good grasp or, or love for BTS as of yet. And maybe it t- takes a listen to their catalogue at some point. Blackpink what arguably the second biggest K-pop group. I like the Netflix documentary. I think anyone sh- should watch that just from an interest point of view, from a music documentary point of view. I think it's really interesting. Um, they're okay. I think, uh, they, their, their, their music is quite formulaic, big horns, big sound, big attitude, rap verses, you know, beautiful choruses, big shiny videos. Uh, I tend to, especially with the new groups coming out, like a concept that's a bit more, less harsh, I think. So that's a bit of a rundown. Now, I think that not only is it interesting, all this sort of stuff, when I say it's time to get into K-pop. I think it's, it is it is time because, it, you know, like I said, it should be part of your worldview of knowledge because only going to be more prevalent you don't need to get into it but i think it's it's good to know about i like to learn about every genre i also think that we are in the golden era of k-pop and a golden era to me can last 20 30 years maybe 20 years but i do really think that and i I, it's funny for, for me to say that saying i've only been into it for the past three years but I mean on a more macro level than that. I mean that when you look at the golden era of Motown where you had all these big names and big acts and the best writers and the best musicians putting out the best hits and the hits are only getting bigger and bigger with K-pop. The hits are only getting more and more uh, charted in globally. So not only that, but... When you look at the majors, whether it's in, in the U.S., Universal, Sony, Warner, things like that, they were all started by someone. Usually, they were acquired, and they were you know they weren't called that in the past. They were named something else, and then you know acquired and turned into Sony Music and things. But Geffen, you know, still exists. Ge- Geffen is a good example because Geffen is named after a man, and all of the companies, the vast majority of the companies in K-pop, I'll list a few, like JYP, SMYG, HYBE, are run by the people that founded the company. And they're, they're about 50. So they're still living and breathing and calling the shots. And they're not, you know, it'll be a while before they step down, And I think that we're in the a golden era because it is, we, we are living through not only the, the potential peak of the genre globally. I don't think it has peaked yet, but it's getting there. But also the people, you know, the name on the door is still alive and they're still calling the shots. And there's a bit of a, a force of nature behind that. There's a bit of an energy and a um, attitude behind that, that really feels like there's a, very single vision at the top that is executing something at the highest level and succeeding. And once those people retire, resign, get fired, die, then it starts to dilute, I think. And then you, unless you have great leaders at the top, it will start to get to a point where you're just churning out another group. Whereas right now, JYP, J J Park, um, is still heavily involved in the casting in the tutoring of these people in the songwriting in the selection of the songs in the writing of the songs and he is succeeding at it so that's why it's still exciting because it's still that youthful energy of of the genre is still very much there and i think looking back in the history books i guarantee you this whole period from probably two thousand and two to now and maybe a bit longer will be considered the golden era and then it yeah like i said as these people fall away it might get a bit murky before it it kind of pops off again because everyone's excited by it and everyone is wants to know more about it and you know when i when i spoke to new jeans it was still new to sirius xm they don't know who they are they don't necessarily get it but they will start to get it and when they have bts blackpink in the studio everyone goes crazy and then they go oh this is kind of a big deal isn't it and when you can sell out arenas around the country around america doing shows as a k-pop group you know it's somewhat undeniable but the kind of level of education between like fans and fandoms and their regular person is poles apart And I think that's why I'm doing this podcast really to, to kind of be for my listeners anyway, a bit of a conduit to that world. If you don't know about it, so what do I like? I like the collaborative element. I like the create, I do like from, as a creative person, I like to observe all of the creative output, how they do it, how they strategize it. I think it's all very, very well thought out and well-designed and beautiful, a lot of the cases. I also like the kind of unabashed entertainment of it. These these individuals, the, the I, I might add that the the members of the group are employees of the company. I will get into that a bit later, but so they are entertainers, they are entities of a business, they aren't Derek, the owner of my own IP, because I am the guy that writes the songs. They are employees of the company, basically. And they are part of the one of the cogs, the faces of it, of the brand. Almost like Lewis Hamilton driving a car is the driver, and there's, but he can't drive without all the engineers making the car and the mechanics. I like the entertainment of it. It's 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 very different. It's very very large, and they think about everything and how to mon- <laughs> merchandise and monetize it. And maybe that I don't like that aspect of it as much. But I think it's like so unique. So if you go to a K-pop show, it isn't like an hour and a half concert of music. It's variety. Sometimes they'll play games, there'll be times where they're interacting with the audience and doing silly things and challenges. And it very much is a different type of entertainment, which I I like is interesting. I like the genre bending nature of, the, of it, even though I don't like it all mashed together sometimes. I think that K-pop is probably one of the more creative genres out in the world because they'll go, okay, this is popping off, that's popping off. Da, 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 da. Let's take that and stir it all up and just see if we can make something out of it. And and more often than not, that works. And you don't see that in other pop music because I think that someone like Harry Styles, that music is still very much traditional pop music that could be from the 80s almost. Whereas Undeniably, K-pop can be from another no at the time. And I think they are hungry, and because there's so much competition, they're hungry to progress and find new sounds much faster and it, and able to iterate much faster than the Western pop genres. Usually that happens on the underground. Where in K-pop, something that sounds great in the underground will be <laughs> in a new <laughs> group's concept. People can talk about appropriation. People do talk about appropriation a lot with K-pop. Which is also problematic, and I will likely get into that in the next section, but this is what I like. I also like I like how quickly they move the the mini albums, the comebacks. I think you don't go away for two years and do something. you're just like here's the concept, here's the music, we're back, okay, we're gone, okay, we're back again. um again, companies have to make money, so the 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 artists get out there, but i do I do like the kind of strategy, the frequency, and really like uh magnifying that intensity to into into a bottle and and presenting it to the world it's smart lastly i like the music videos go watch jopping by super m it's like a freaking marvel film and to me it's just so impressive to see the production value behind a pop song and sometimes these music videos are a sight to witness like nothing else, like nothing else. And I think that, I don't know, as a fan of making things, I think that it's just bloody impressive, to be honest. What I don't like, there's there's a lot. I've I've gone through phases with with K-pop where I haven't, you know, when I didn't know about it, I was like, this is lame. It's just trash. To this is interesting. To... It all sounds the same to i like this group to oh i can't stop watching all the content by this group to oh i'm disgusted by all the kind of levers they pull to get someone interested in it from a fantasy or or marketing and commercialization point of view to kind of accepting what it is i think that the the obsession with youth is well known and you know you exist you you used to you know debut well now like blackpink debuted when they're about 18 and now they're like mid to late 20s not late 20s maybe 26 27 and they're kind of like getting to the end where they might break up and then new jeans comes along and they're like 16 and it's like oh this is exciting and you know you could argue the same for the West as well, whether it's One Direction or or other groups uh, or artists, you know. The West also likes youth. I think that there is a very much a fascination around youth and young attractive people in K-pop because everyone looks perfect, you know, and the perfection of it is can be dangerous, I think, because it's, you know... A lot of people look up to these people, whether it's body image, whether it's, you know, rumours of plastic surgery and, you know, all, all those sorts of body image issues. I think that there is a portrayal of perfection that can be dangerous. There is obviously has been stories about working conditions, pay for the artists in particular, remuneration of these artists, You know what kind of living standards they're in, and if you haven't heard about that, it comes down to the company. It comes down to the company how they set their rules and ethics and morals, and how because it's hard work when you are a member of a group. You got to train, train, train. You got to memorize. You got to do press. You got to wake up early and get all your hair and makeup done before dancing. You know, ten times in a row. You're going to memorize those. You got to keep fit. You got to, you know, you you got to engage at all times you are an idol and that comes with a lot of strain and I don't envy them. It seems really hard. So that is that you know, there's been stories about, you know, inhumane working conditions, you know, not fair pay people suing companies because of unfair treatment. That is all on the table. And I would say rather than necessarily, uh, Looking at K-pop as a whole and pointing fingers at that, I think it is down to the company and how who runs it and what they're trying to take advantage of, and who is who are the good and bad actors. But it's a problem. Uh, I also think I think really that one that I mentioned about youth and perfection is is kind of like stirred up into both things. So I think that. In with that and I mentioned earlier about the commercialization of it it's just like it is all leading down for to to sell things not only to stream but I've seen a concert where every part of the experience is monetized from you know the package you can buy to seeing the sound check to seeing them enter on from their bus to seeing you know to have seeing them leave at another coordinated area to meet and greets I think it's like you know some of that a lot of that a lot of that goes against what music should be about and that is you know connection with people and writing beautiful things that inspire and really like turning that into quite a cynical business that definitely gets people spending thousands and thousands of dollars which i never think should be the hallmark of a fan there's there's a lot there's a lot and uh i think it's only scratching the surface of, of, of that side of things and, and the mental health of these people as well. But I think that the companies are maturing as well in how they treat that, how they treat artists. I know the BTS, once be a uh, Big Hive went public, got a whole chunk of shares, which was worth, don't quote me, tens to hundreds of millions. So the, all their hard work was worth it. And I hope that BTS and the boys... Post-BTS can find, not that I think that they're in any way um, troubled right now, but mentally the grind of it would be very hard. And I think when they had announced their hiatus, they definitely were feeling that. So being at least rewarded for it is a good thing. Lastly, I want to talk about working with K-pop companies and groups as a, as a radio host presenter i interacted with a bunch of them and they operate very differently to the western the western companies whereas if i was to work with a western act that people would be like hey we're promoting our new album it's it's a the theme is butterflies we'd love to do something with you and we would be like yeah cool um Maybe we could have we could talk about the thing. Maybe you know about butterflies. We, maybe we can interview someone about butterflies. We we can bring butterflies into the studio. We could you know things like that. And would work with management, label, whoever, and they would they would go, yeah, cool. I really like that. Let's do this one. When work when we when you work with Korean companies, we'll say that, and they'll be like, what do you want us to do? Don't give us options. Give us one. Give us presented in a way that's like pretty much perfect. Uh, What are you going to ask? Like for for me, it would be like, oh, yeah, we'll develop the questions after you approve the concept. Whereas like we want the concept and the questions straight away so we can present a finished product to the leaders of the company and the group. And, And usually they'll want to do it. If they're saying that they want to do something with you, they will do most things unless you obviously embarrass them. So that that you know, it's it's almost like just tell us in one shot what it is and present it to us, and we will say yes or no. Which is a whole lot of work, but it also makes sense for K-pop that they're very controlled and they're very um, they just want to streamline. And make things process driven. So that was really interesting to learn. What was it like to interview La Seraphim? You guys didn't see that one. It was on the radio. That was my first time I'd interviewed a K-pop group. And because they just debuted and they hadn't put out Anti-Fragile yet, which I just had heard before the interview, I didn't really know enough about them. So I don't I I wasn't proud of the interview or the questions. They were quite generic and boring. And I thought that they were really nice and uh, forthcoming. And I'm glad that that interview is not on the internet. And that inspired me to really like engage a lot more for the next one. What was it like to interview Itzy? Itzy was fun. I w- I wish I was in the studio with them in New York, but it was fun because they were my introduction to K-pop back in 2019. They were recently debuted. They had a big song called Icy. So I was able to follow their path and they were kind of the touchstone for me for future learning and comebacks. And then they had Wannabe, which is a huge success. And so like, I had like checkpoints that I saw with them. They were really fun. They came in so well put together. It was very impressive. And I felt bad that I was filming at 5am in my office and they came in looking perfect in New York, in the studio. I thought that Ryujin, it has, has the sauce. She was very, she's very sassy and she's very confident. And I think she knows that. I think that Yuna is She's got something about her that's that's this kind of edginess. She knows she's funny. Even though she can't speak the best English, she knows she's funny. And Yong seems quite mysterious. Leah seemed a bit tired, and I think they'd just finished their tour, which I guess makes sense. And, and Yeji I, I felt a bit sorry for because it was all in English and she's still learning. And so, you know, there's a lot of keeping up with with that but i think it was she she, she did it really well what is it like to interview new jeans that was really exciting those two australians in the group and so it was nice to have a connection with the artists and i really wanted to i really wanted to represent the fan i really wanted to represent the person that didn't know much about K-pop I also wanted to represent someone that respected them as young women who are still very young and have a lot of growing to do and want to talk about things that might be interesting to them and not just be someone that's asking like generic questions that you ask any any person because ask I think it's important to treat them as such as young 16ish year old women that have interest have it a lot of excitement have a lot of joy for what they're doing and not treat them like every other cog in the k-pop machine so that was my goal and i think that came across that you know i put a lot of research into what the fans want to know and put a lot of research into how to make sure that they felt heard and understood and that their world that they built was understood so that was a very exciting thing to do and I think people receive that really well you can check out both of these on YouTube by the way very different for me but um, a nice 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 experience and the comments were funny because some people were like oh this guy so laid back and chill and some said boring and I'm like let's just chat to people how I like to chat to you guys I don't want to pretend to be some sort of like over-the-top radio host and uh, I think the experience of chatting with k-pop groups has It was really like a closing of a chapter of interacting with these people, showing my respect for them and their company, showing the respect for the process, showing the respect for the music, and expressing that. And that's why I think at the end of the day, it's time to get into K-pop, to just marvel at a different expression of music. And this expression of music is in many ways, a very, very extreme form of creative expression where the target is obviously making money like any major label and artist. They're not ashamed of that. Whereas like some artists out there really want to sell things to push, you know, and and make it be like, be a fan, buy all the records, stuff like this. They are not shy about like, monetizing it but i think that also the competitiveness about putting out the best most resonant music is something that the k-pop industry has in spades over the western record labels major record labels and the commercial record labels i think the major record labels try to you know people talk about industry plant there's no such thing in korea because you know you can almost argue all of them are you in the West, it's like, look at this authentic person that did something by accident. Oh look, now they're now they're performing here. Oh look, now they're on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh look, so now they're doing a small show, bigger show, da da da. And they 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 did this all on their own. How authentic? There's no one behind the scenes. We're not going to show you any of that. They're just amazing. Whereas in, in K-pop, it's like, how big and how how big can we make them? How quickly can we achieve that? And we have pre- we are presenting a very very well-formed product straight away. Enjoy. Enjoy. We have worked very hard on this. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. Do I have an appendix this week? Not really. I think that the the week has, you know, as I'm recording this, I think I'm looking back on the the new jeans episode that was aired and that kind of lifted up my spirits to kind of talk about this and 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 tell you guys about it and spirits because i think i didn't think it was going to come out so i think it was really exciting for people to see and to to kind of learn more see my face in that space hope you liked the last few episodes i hope you enjoyed learning different things about me i've got a lot more to talk about and hopefully you can find somewhere maybe a debut maybe an artist that you can get into and explore and let me know if you disagree please do If you find anything that you like, that you've gotten into, tell me. This has been Derek Speaks Volumes. I'll see you in the next one.